another episode of the Latitude Podcast. Today I have Patrick Colin Sherry, who is our principal product manager. He's also been on the founder journey in the past, and he's been with us since the early days. We're going to talk a little bit about the chaos of the last couple of days, given that there was a bit of excitement and challenging moments. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what this means going forward for LATAM and what are the new challenges that will arise and opportunities that will arise. PK, it's weird to call you Patrick because you're known as PK at Latitude. <laughs> what were your thoughts the last couple of days? It's been a bit of a wild ride, hasn't it? Brian, I am tired. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've aged five or six years in the course of just three or four days. It's been a wild ride. I'd love to know, what was it like for you as a founder from your seat? How are things with you? I'll be interviewed this time. I'll share a little bit more. Then I've got some questions for you. Usually I'm the one asking the questions, but I'm unprecedented times. It's appropriate to adjust a little bit. I'll share my perspective and maybe give an account of what it was like as the founder CEO of a tech company and one that's uniquely positioned because we have this large community. So we really had our finger on the pulse of what was happening with everybody. So I'll share that perspective. And I couldn't agree more about how these things age you. It's almost like startup years are like dog years, seven to one ratio here. There's a few extra gray hairs, and I would say a few extra hairs on my pillow when I woke up in the morning. But let me share my account, and then I want to push it back on you and hear a little bit more about, you could share some of our plans that we have. We've decided to accelerate the product plans we have based on the new reality. But I'll say that to kick things off here, there's an old phrase that I like that is, rocky seas make good sailors. So the truth, I've been through a lot as a founder and I've definitely struggled and it's helped me understand how to lead in these situations. But let me share a little bit more about how I experienced this. I got home Wednesday night after filming four consecutive days for Shark Tank Mexico, which I'm going to be on this season as an investor. And each day was about 13 hours, landed, hit the bed, just crashed at 10 p.m., eager to wake up the next day and kind of get back in the latitude routine. I had been just burning the candle at both ends. So I developed this persistent cough. So unfortunately, my intention was to sleep the whole night. And that wasn't the reality. So I woke up. And the first thing I see in the morning is this message from the latitude community, someone founder in the latitude community, he sent me a message. And it said, Hey, Brian, have you guys considered moving any money out of your SVB account in light of their latest financials? Seems like things are not looking great. So getting that message, I got to say, I don't know how you would respond in that case, but I, was, I just brushed it off. I'm like, this is a bank. Like, what, what are you talking about? Sometimes companies have bad financials, but the possibility of that of being something bigger than that seemed really remote to me. I don't know. How was your reaction when you first heard and when did you hear like this news? Yeah, I remember reaching out to Yuri basically the night before the run started. This was right after SVB had released their the announcement about how they're raising that additional, they're basically doing an additional secondary stock sale. And I was like, huh, this doesn't bode well. And I feel like people are going to go see this and react with panic. So it was something that at the time I was like, okay, this is interesting. This wouldn't be how I personally want to present this or hear this, especially after hearing the news of what happened with Silvergate. So I was concerned, but I wouldn't have expected like the this series of events to happen as far as a massive 25% outflow of capital in the course of two days. Well, you were informed earlier than I was, hadn't even seen the news until the morning. And I got that message at 5.50 a.m. Fortunately, I had a light kind of schedule because I had intentionally blocked time. 
So I'm having breakfast and I don't know about your phone, but my phone just went wild. All morning, things started escalating. What looked like Twitter memes and sarcastic comments on WhatsApp evolved into some more kind of serious concerning and speculation of founders pulling out money. I found myself trying to be calm and calm other people down and be the voice of reason, which I guess I would later regret because we didn't get our money out, something that results in an unnecessary stress for me. Fortunately, we can all breathe now. And Sunday night was a massive release after just tension for three or four days. But I'll say that at that point, I still saw the situation as not really a big issue. In fact, being super candid with you, and we'll talk about this in a second, if I'm sincere with myself, I saw it as an opportunity given that we've been working on this product, which we'll share more information here in a bit, as a, a landing place for some of these startups if they wanted to have an alternative place to park their money. But I, de- I debated whether to be opportunistic about it. And I decided ultimately, okay, our number one priority, let's put the oxygen mask on ourselves and make sure we're in a good situation. Let's help our community. So just a little more detail up until 3 p.m. I felt like the thing was not going to totally blow up, but I definitely had my concerns. And I'll say this is a little bit embarrassing, but I actually told the WhatsApp group, a bunch of people, hey, I'm going to put in an order on some stock and I'm going to buy some stock in Silicon Valley Bank, which identified I may regret later. Fortunately, the market was already closed and I didn't put that order in. A bit embarrassing to say now, but I was ready to buy the dip. Fortunately, I was late to that. We spoke with our investors shortly after that and basically came up with a conclusion on how to handle the situation. We decided to park a little bit of money in an alternative account just to cover payroll for three months. My throat was burning. I realized I had an infection. I actually headed to the hospital Friday morning. And when I got back, that's when I really realized that we'd probably effed up and not wired the money in the evening. And so get the wire in and everything obviously was in process and we weren't able to get the money out. But the rest of the day was a bit hectic. And uh, we then focused on just that internal communication as a team. How did it feel from your perspective? I guess you are pretty informed about all this stuff. You understood the risks. What was your perspective as someone on the team in terms of how we were handling it as a company? Love to get your perspective. Yeah, I thought we handled it really well as a company. I have to give a major shout out to our head of finance, Hoffa, uh, for the approach that he's taken as a whole, as far as like thinking about how to manage our cash as a company. One of the really smart things that we did was we maintained a pretty healthy buffer for our operating expenses in Brazil. And we maintained a pretty healthy buffer for our operating expenses in the United States with our appropriate subsidiaries. And I think that helped me assuage a lot of my fears personally. And then I'm, on top of that, I think I had a bit of an advantage being having an idea that like worst case, if we weren't going to go see like a the treasury coming in to back these deposits that at worst we'd see maybe a 20% haircut on these assets. So I personally felt a bit of confidence. I really appreciated the level of transparency that that y'all provided us. I've got a 14 week old, so definitely appreciate the, the transparency there as far as understanding you know, what situation are we in and what does the future look like? Hey there. Are you learning some good lessons in this episode? I hope so. The founders and angel investors we have on our fellowship programs learn things like this throughout the entire experience. In the Explore Fellowship, we help you kick off your next big idea. With the Angel Fellowship, you can expand your impact as a startup investor. Be sure to check out latitude.com to find out how to apply for our fellowship programs. 
Now let's get back to the episode. Thanks a lot. One thing that I've experienced as, as a founder is when there's a gap in communication, people t- generally fill in that narrative with their own fears or concerns or family members. And I didn't want people to start sending the CV places because they thought we were in trouble. And and that was something that, that we really try to take action on, at least on Saturday. And as soon as we put that oxygen mask on ourselves and made sure the company was, then it was a kind of a call to action for the team to, okay, now we need to step up. And our team worked around the clock. It was actually a very crazy Saturday and Sunday. My screen time, this is just my phone, was 14 hours and 23 minutes, not including my computer. So WhatsApp, Slack, Twitter. Well, we worked around the clock and I'm so proud that we were able to put together this kind of Herculean effort around resources. We brought in tax experts. We brought in Ed Moss Adams. We brought in Gunderson to give some advice on some legal stuff. They put together some templates for those founders that were signing safes and didn't have a place to receive the money because the last thing you want to do was send it to Silicon Valley Bank at that moment. And so we, we found some workarounds there. And then we had Stelio Tolda, who is one of the founders of Mercado Libre, uh, to bring a ton of executive leadership experience around difficult situations. At Melly, they went through multiple crises, and he was a real kind of calm, firm voice and comforting voice for founders. So that moment of relief when we saw that, I was pumping my fist when I saw the government stepped up. And I got to admit, I cracked a bottle of wine. Then I called a couple of my friends that were most affected by this. And we kind of took a moment of appreciation that we were able to figure out the next steps. Yeah. I remember when they announced that the group chat just went crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, group chat. I'm in a group chat with a couple friends just following the situation and discussing the situation. And it was definitely a very palpable sigh of relief. I think there's this moment where a lot of us were wondering, hey, SVB has exposure to 50% of startups, something like 50% of startups in the United States. Does this mean that like we've set back startups as a whole by a bunch? So yeah, the relief was definitely palpable, I think, just across the board. And pretty much with everyone that I've spoken to, there was that big sigh and then the, oh God, my head hurts because I've been thinking and worrying and grinding my teeth about this over like the last four days. Yeah, it was a great kind of moment to take a deep breath. And I can't help it as a founder. I instantly went into what's next, right? What does this mean? for latitude? What does it mean for startups in the region? I ended up getting a ton of inbound messages from journalists that were trying to interpret the meaning of this. So on Monday, all hands session together, we had 300 plus founders. We gave some great tactical advice, as well as just guidance. But as soon as we hung the phone up there, so to speak, it was a moment where it's like, okay, now what? What do we do now? And for those listening, we were pretty covert about this product we'd been building, which is, we called it Meridian. And the relevance of this product all of a sudden was just thrust into the volume of inquiries that we got around, hey, where do I, what do I do with my money now? SVB is not an option. And so we'd been working on this for more than six months. We assembled an incredible team, handful of fintech and great kind of engineering and product leaders, a few folks from Nubank and others, part of that early team. And we've been, been working on this as a solution to help founders with a Cayman holding company. And let me explain the situation here because Brex, Mercury, these are great solutions. But what became very apparent is that they weren't unable to serve those companies with a Cayman holding company. And SVB was this dominant force for startups and even more so in Latin America because the alternatives in the U.S. are there's many more. <laughs> 
And so it all of a sudden became, there was orphaned customers littered across Latin America. And given that we're this central community and central hub, everyone was asking us. And so we decided to speed up our, a bit of our announcement on what we're building. And so maybe you could share briefly with our audience and those that listen to the Latitude podcast, we're doing a pre-launch here, a bit of a soft launch on Wednesday in the wake of all of this kind of madness and this big void and gap that exists. The whole idea for Meridian really came up because we got rejected while trying to get a bank account for our company. And we realized, wow, this is a real problem after talking to a bunch of different founders who are in the exact same place. If you're trying to go out and get an account for your startup in the United States and you're not from the U.S., it's not necessarily easy. There's a bunch of documentation you have to provide and a bunch of hoops that you have to go through in order to go get that as a non-U.S. resident. Add Cayman on top of that and try to get a Cayman, an account for a Cayman entity while being a non-U.S. resident. That's really hard. And then on top of that, there's a whole bunch of really unique, narrow rules that are tied to each individual country. If you have operating companies in Brazil or operating companies in Mexico that kind of govern how you're able to move money from one place to another and how you are supposed to go record all of that in a way that's compliant and follows all the appropriate uh, local re regulation. And that's what led us to start thinking, why don't we start building a treasury management product? Why don't we start offering this for startups. And so we started working on this product. We built a really phenomenal team here at Latitude, both on like the design, on the engineering side. And then this kind of struck. <laughs> we were actually initially planning on launching a private beta a couple of weeks from now. And then SVB happened. Uh, and all of a sudden, it, we shifted from like this mode of thinking, hey, like maybe we'll onboard 10 folks in the, over the course of the next few weeks into, oh God, like, people are running into the very problems that, you know, we've been running into and that we've been facing. And then on top of that, one aspect of what happened with SVB is a lot of early stage founders don't necessarily have the bandwidth or to actually sit down and think about, hey, how should I approach managing all of the cash that I've raised? And so our natural state of being is to think, hey, SVB is like a very like renowned institution. They're like a strong bank. I feel comfortable putting all of my money into the a checking account without having to worry about what, what's going to happen next. And that's not really the case. So that's why we started, set out to go build out Meridian. Yes. At a really high level, Meridian is a treasury management product. We're starting with building three things. The first one is cash management for founders, giving folks a place to set up an account for their Cayman entity, their Delaware entity and giving people the ability to go receive those funds from their investors and make compliant transactions that follow the appropriate flow of funds that go from Cayman to Delaware and then to their local operating company. The second piece that we're building as part of Meridian is FX, integrated FX into the product, where founders have access to low cost and transparent. We are not hiding any fees from like an FX perspective. We providing you with a pretty good visual as to a pretty good idea as to where's my money at if you're thinking about moving money from the United States to Brazil. And then the third piece is batteries included as far as compliance goes. If you're moving money to Brazil, if you're moving money to Brazil as part of a capital contribution, there's a couple of filings that you have to go do. You have to file a certain central bank filing. You have to go file a certain bylaws amendment. And we take care of that for you as part of the overall product surface area. It's very much a treasury management product that's built with the needs of startup founders in Latin America in mind, starting with founders in Brazil. Long-term, our vision and our roadmap for what we want to do is 
embed, there's a lot of best practices for how to manage you know, the funds of your startup. We want to embed that into the product so that as a founder, you don't have to think about this. You don't have to wait until you're at the point in time where you've got a five-person finance team to start thinking about the best way to manage your cash and manage your treasury. Um, but rather, it's something that you get just out of the box for you. Things like diversifying into money market funds or diversifying into a treasury ladder. Those are the types of things that we were working on. And if this whole SPV crisis hadn't happened, we would have had a really cool launch at VLS with this. But I'm glad that we've got something that can go help people today as far as the scope of what we're doing. And I think that another important thing to highlight in the kind of the, if you frame the whole product vision that we have, from the very beginning, we set out to build this kind of operating system for venture-backed companies in Latin America. And we started with this company formation product because there's so many different things that flow from that initial formation process. And so there's a massive competitive advantage we have because a lot of this stuff is very cumbersome because you've got to get all the documents together. You've got a KYB, all of the process that's involved in that. And so we're able to streamline that much more because we already have all of the information that we need in order to spin up these products. Absolutely. When we started building Meridian, one of our targets was we wanted the experience for Latitude Go customers to effectively be check a box and get set up with Meridian. Check a box, apply, and get set up with Meridian. No having to go think about where's my certificate of incorporation? Where are my bylaws? Where was that form 147C that I got from the IRS that has my EIN out? Um, that's one of the things that was really important for us is making that process of getting an account and getting those documents over as seamless as possible. Hey there, you might be thinking about how hard it is to build a venture-backed company. Well, I know firsthand and I made some mistakes along the way. We lost over $100 million in capital gains taxes because of the company formation mistake that I made. I don't want that to happen to you. That's why we built Latitude Go. We provide an optimal offshore structure for your startup and we do it in record time. And guess what? It's five times less expensive as other options. And we use the same legal documents as the top tier law firms. To find out more, check out latitude.com forward slash go. Now let's get back to the episode. Amazing, man. So we're on this journey. We're going to soft launching the product. We're onboarding our first customers here very shortly. And it's going to be an exciting journey over the next couple of months. We're going to have to really hustle. Obviously, one of the things that's really important to us is we obviously want to speed to market for something like this, but this is not a trivial product where we're launching something that it has to work. We're talking about people's money here. And so trust factor has to be so important. This is the livelihood of a company. Their cash is what is oxygen for their business. And so that's something that we've taken really seriously. And we will definitely continue to take seriously. Getting to market with something fast is great, but it's got to be really well thought out and make sure that it addresses all of those kind of security and risks that come along with the finance part. Absolutely. I always say that confidence is the number one thing that you have in a fintech product. And at the end of the day, if your customers lose confidence in you, just like what happened with SVB, then you're dead. So it's really critical for us to go nail this and get this right. There's already a lot of friction if you're a LATAM founder, but with the additional kind of roadblocks and obstacles that are now thrown in the way of founders, we have founders this week that are like trying to raise the money. Where do I send it? And so I'm really pleased that we're well positioned to be able to do this. And it's really goes with the kind of the ethos of our company to elevate the next generation of founders by reducing friction for them. 
What are the other implications from, in your mind, of this kind of, we saw this second half of 2022, a bit of a reset, and now we're entering into like maybe a second wave of challenges. What's your perspective? We had Stelio Tolda on the all hands and he shared some interesting insight, which I'm happy to restate. But what is your perspective about moving forward, how this will affect startups and what startups need to be thinking about moving forward that maybe wasn't on their radar a week ago? Yeah, I think what's going to be top of everyone's mind is the concept of treasury or cash management. And I think there's going to be a template for how early stage startups should think about how they're managing their runway and how they're managing their cash. And I think people are going to put a lot more thought into, hey, how much do I actually really need in liquid expenses? And when I think about like highly liquid funds, things that are available the same day that I can go wire out, should I really be keeping all of my money in that state if I don't necessarily need it right now? versus keeping that amount in a set of FDIC-insured accounts and then investing the rest of that, either putting them into a money market fund or if you have a larger amount of money, putting that into a set of treasury ladders or corporate paper. I think that's going to be top of mind for folks as far as just managing those aspects. Um, another one is thinking about what's your plan B in the event that, hey, you don't have access to your funds. Do you have a line of credit like at a different company or a different provider? I, that's one wonderful thing that we saw that happened after this was companies like CapChase stepping up to the plate and offering founders fair terms and quick access to liquidity so that they can go make their payroll. As a whole, I think that's the big shift is an increase focused on cash management as well as thinking more about what do you do in these worst case scenarios and thinking about business continuity in, the, in those cases. I think it's going to put a little bit of continued pressure on pricing and evaluations yeah. are going to continue to be compressed a little bit. I was talking to an LP this morning who is quite a large player and not a ton of exposure to Latin America, but a little bit. And they were actually the debt side. They were actually worried about the debt side because SVB was the main kind of debt lender for venture debt. And what I quickly responded was actually the debt markets in Latin America are actually quite underdeveloped. And so there's less exposure to, to that for LATAM founders. But I think there'll be some interesting opportunities that will arise now. If you look at the entire service offer, offering of SVB, you've got debt, you've got, in some cases, they directly invested. Ironically, on Thursday, I had a call scheduled with the venture team from SVB. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I assume you guys are probably going to want to cancel this this call because they were looking at some fintech opportunities them and show them a little bit more of some opportunities. And that obviously is going to be a gap. There are also LPs in funds. So there, there will be some consequences, repercussions from this. But ultimately, I think there's going to be more opportunities, be tons of opportunities that will arise from this that we can't foresee. And next couple of years, we may need to be prepared for less capital. And when I asked... Stelio, the same question, he recounted the last couple of crises, 2000.com, the global financial crisis. And I think that this message was being communicated six, nine months ago of, hey, it's time to focus on unit economics. It's time to focus on profitability. I think that there'll be even a greater message about that now and having control over your own capital and finances and runway is going to be even more crucial. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. but. There's one thing that I know about Latin America, and I think this is another kind of thing that I'll share because a lot of, if I had a very kind of bird's eye view of like how people were responding to this whole kind of situation on Thursday. And one thing I observed is that Latin American founders are by nature a little more skeptical of banks. If you're from Argentina, 
a bank run is not something that new phrase in your vocabulary. And so I remember in 2001, I was living in Argentina and at the time it was one-to-one -one on the peso and the dollar. And I remember the la, la señora de la casa, que, where I lived at her house, she asked me like, hey, please give me cash for rent. I used to accompany her to the ATM and she was pulling out, pulling money out of the ATM. And so I think that given the reality that the founders have faced in Latin America, just in these economies, there was a much faster reaction where the possibility of this becoming an issue was much more kind of present. And the founders in the US, my founders and friends in the US were like, oh, that's not impossible. And I was even a little bit guilty of that thinking as well. Despite I wasn't listening to my like exposure, Latin American exposure side where I've spent 20 years, I was like, ah, oh, SVB, it's fine. And so I think that's something that probably favored Latin founders. And so I guess the conclusion there is that Latin American founders are built for this, right? This concept of peacetime CEO and wartime CEO. And I think it was Sergio Furio from Creditas when he was at Vamos Latam Summit last year, when he said, huh, peacetime CEO in Latin America? What, what is that? That's not something that we're used to. And so I think that's, that's a good kind of illustration of how founders are, I think they're going to be able to navigate this situation fine. And they're going to come out on the other side of it. And the market will come back at some point. I'm just so excited about what we have already built and what we're building over the next couple of months. I cannot wait to get to our public launch of Meridian. Right now, where we've opened up a wait list for folks so that we can go slowly onboard people as we hone out some of the rough edges from a product perspective. But I am so excited for what we have planned over the next couple of months and what we're building with the product. It's a hard problem. It's a really fun problem to solve. Awesome, man. I'm excited to double down on this. And my public declaration is that I'm really excited about spending the next 10 years building this. LATAM needs it. And it's something that I think Latitude is the perfect partner because we really know the founders, we understand them well. And so serendipitously happened that we had happened to be thinking about this, but there's a long way to go and we're still very early in the product, but I'm very confident we can be a trusted solution that really helps founders take care of their money and allow them to give the peace of mind so they can focus on building their product and not have to worry about things like treasury management, which most early stage companies should not be worried about and is not something that most founders are even set up to, to think about. So it's going to be an exciting journey. And thanks for making the time. Last minute here, I pulled you in and, and hopefully the audience found this also useful to know a little bit more about how we see the market and what we're working on. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Really enjoyed that chat. Cheers. All right. Cheers, Vamos man. Latam. Vamos Latam. Just including a disclaimer here, Latitude is not a bank. We're a platform with fintech, financial technology solutions, banking, brokerage, FX, and other regulated activities are provided by our licensed partners. Thank you for listening to Latitude Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast for more talks with great founders and investors. I'm your host, Brian Reckworth. Almost Latam. See you next week.